Welcome to the ninth episode of the Cocktails and Culture podcast, where we enjoy some cocktails and have fun with the culture. This episode, we will have another guest. I swear I am on a roll with this whole guest situation. I'm like fucking two for two. And this guest is none other than my sister cousin. Now, when I say sister cousin, I don't mean some weird Church of Latter-day Saint type situation. I mean my first cousin who's so close to me that I look at her more as a sister than a cousin. And I know I'm not alone in the idea that someone is not automatically defined by their little definition. Meaning, yes, my mother and her father are siblings, but we are closer than that. Like you may have a friend that you see more as a brother than your actual blood related brother. And as I've stated in previous episodes, family is a verb, not just an adjective or a noun. So by actions, someone can be more family than their blood relation. So we will have a few things to unpack this episode. Um, First thing, obviously, we'll go ahead and discuss with our guest what she prefers to drink, everything cocktail related, what's in her at-home bar. We're also going to address another loss to the culture. I mean, a huge loss. Like, at this point, just throw the whole 2019 away. Um, John Singleton and discuss his contributions. And we're going to lastly get to a topic that we all can relate to. Revenge of the X. You know that boomerang person that you finally got the courage to throw away. And whether it be five days, five months, five years, they come right back the fuck around uninvited looking for you. So let's get to it. Hello. Hello, how are you? Great. How are you? Fantastic. First things first, please introduce yourself. Aramada. I be Akila. So normally at this point, when I have a guest on, I would have them explain how we met, but I'm pretty sure if I had you explain how we met, it would all, it would go all the way back to when old Maddie and Pete had sex a few times and had <laughs> some kids and their kids had kids and here we are. So. Yeah. I want to say back in the eighties, good old Gary, Indiana. It's where- <clears throat> kicked off okay um so I guess we can do something a little bit different and have you explain how you really know me like how do you know me as a person like how would you describe me in reality um a real life douche will probably first but I mean who you portray yourself to be in in social platforms is pretty much who you are. Uh, a crazy mixture of um, psycho, weirdness, introspective, deep, funny, and just culturally sound. You're 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 a decent human being. I would I would explain myself as an enigma wrapped in a mystery, covered in setting powder, and doused with gin. You want to be an enigma. Well, you want to be a mystery, but the mystery is that, I mean, you know, you are who you are. And if somebody can figure that out, great. If not, it's fun trying to get to know it. Hello. Hello. I'm sorry, can you not hear me? Now I can. Okay. Can you hear me? 
drink. That's going to be the drinking game of the podcast. What is the drinking game? I'm sorry, because my janky Sprint phone has killed me. Every time you say, I mean, they need to take a drink. That's a good one. We'll do that. Whether you drink beer, wine, whatever, every time she says, I mean, take a sip. There you go. So tell everyone specifically just about yourself. Oh, my God. Virginia, you sound like a college admissions test. Like, oh, oh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. I, I don't, I'm not good with that. I am a 32-year-old trying to figure this shit out while maintaining some mockroom of sanity in this world. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just awesome. I'm an all-around bag of fun. And what do you do for a living? How about we start with that? That's pretty simple. Well, I used to moonlight back mm-hmm. in the day as a as a Jill of all trades. But now I've settled down into the good old world of real estate. So I've had many lives in this day. I think I'm on my eighth of like 20th life. So back in the day, I used to cook, went to school for that got in the kitchens over at the Art Institute, did that whole thing, um, got burnt out, and I ended up doing um, aesthetics and makeup because that is my true background, it's where I grew up around. So I became a professional makeup artist for about six years. I actually still do makeup on the side. But just like anything else in life, you have to kind of figure out, hey, is this going to produce the fruit that I need it to? And the answer was no for me. So I decided to move on to the family business of real estate. So I am currently doing that. Well, the reason I bring that up is because the, the biggest difference between you and a lot of schmucks out here, and I mean that seriously, is that you don't shortcut things as far as professionally and you don't half step and you don't half ass things. When you went into you know, aesthetics, you became a licensed esthetician, you took the proper courses, you had your degree, like you didn't just pick up and say, I'm gonna do a little piece of this, and then stop doing it. Like you really focused and honed your craft and then learned and then figured out, okay, well, you know what, this isn't for me. I think that's a good lesson for anyone to learn that, hey, you're never too old, or it's never too late to really follow your dream. But if you're going to do it, do it the right way. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, the beauty world is for me. I absolutely love it. I still have a passion for it. However, if I started to think about where I wanted to be, you know, at the time, I think I was, I just turned 30 when I made the decision to retire, quote unquote, from all of that, uh, that hustle. You know, I just decided to move on and let my passion of beauty be my passion, but not necessarily be my career. Um, and it just, you know, it takes a certain level of humbleness to say, you know what, I got to course direct, redirect and, and go on another path. So that is what I'm good for doing that. I'll, I'll try something, give it a good college try, even if it's successful. Um, I have a curiosity out of this world and I love a lot of things. So why not try and see what happens? 
And I think and that's, you know, I'm really happy you brought that up because a lot of people don't know that you and I, we were raised straight up in a world of beauty. You know, with my mom being a hairstylist for 40 plus years and your mom being a makeup artist for what, 20 some years, that that was our world for majority of our lives. Uh, that's it. The biggest part of our shaping lives, the biggest part of that was seeing that hair and makeup. I mean, you can't, I mean, come on now. That's us all glam right there. All you need is a stylist and then you got the whole trifecta. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, but for me, I think I decided to actually go in that direction because I, I had a, I guess a natural talent for makeup. But, the, but the, the irony behind that is because I told you early on, I said, you should start being a makeup artist and you swore up and down. That's not what you wanted to do. You did not want to do makeup or anything beauty that related. Was that was not your passion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You couldn't. I'm, I'm amazed I even did it that long. I was like, no, 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 no. That wasn't my thing. I mean, I, I'm shocked because me, I'm still like, I don't even own a fucking comb. That's how far removed I am from hair. I don't want no piece of it. I don't know it. I don't want to know it. Yeah. So people, oh, your hair, your hair is this, and what do you do? I don't do shit to my hair. I don't, I braid it, and whatever Jesus will, that next day is going to be his will. Whether you're going to look like Samuel L. Jackson in that <laughs> or you're going to look flawless, flawless twist out. Who knows? Am I going to be Mr. Glass, or I'm going to be Miss Jill Scott? Which one y'all want to get today? Which which one y'all want? We'll figure but it out. That's the beauty of being not only a black woman, but then also having the education um, from a from a mother and true to aunties and cousins and just the whole gamut of just knowing like, okay, you don't have to do much to have bomb hair. But you know what though, growing up, I honestly, I think I took for granted that what we had access to, because there are a lot of people out there who don't fucking know. They don't know, you know, to wash your face at the end of the day and wash your face when you get up in the morning. Uh, they don't know the hey. You got to moisturize your hair, you know, every couple days to prevent break- breakage. A lot of girls, they have no fucking clue. They ain't got a clue. I, Be out here looking like, looking like tires with no tread. I can't because my thing is this, right? It's 2019 year of our Lord and we have YouTube University. I just, I mean, look, when we were coming up, yeah, back in that day, I could give it all of that. You, they, a lot of people didn't know, you know, <clears throat> A lot of people may still don't know, which I just cannot wrap my head around that. But right now, there's no excuse. And we were... I mean, when you don't know, your mama don't know, your grandmama didn't know, when you just genuinely don't have a fucking clue, how how are you supposed to even know what you're doing is wrong? Is it a, is it a family curse? <laughs> what they call it nowadays, generational curse? <laughs> yeah, generational curse. You know, split ends and bad skin is generational. That's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. <laughs> but it's true because (laughs) most times if somebody that is close to you lets you walk out the house looking less than and you don't always have to be stepping out 10 out of 10 but when you step out raggedy in a setting where you're not supposed to or you know you're walking around thinking you hot shit and you're not uh that is a generational curse. It's also not your friend or your family to tell you. Hey, <laughs> and I pointed out on on different um, on previous episodes at cocktails and culture underscore on Instagram. I've pointed that out previously. Is that you know if 
with Ayala Van Zandt, she said it that, you know, if someone can't tell you the truth, they're not your real fucking friend. Good old Ayala. Ayala. That's a fact. I mean, that's a fact. If someone can't say they're your friend or they're your family and they can't take that burden of telling you the truth, then they're not really your friend. But, you know, ignorance is bliss. So if everybody in your circle looking like little chat, then... Oh... <laughs> then you can't blame them for you looking the way you look because they think you look fine. I'm just saying. You know what? There's a, a, a person that I know and I've known for a long time and she's older than me. We always would just like be amazed at the fact that she never shaved her legs. Ever. Now, did she have really fine hair to where no, you can't really notice it? No, ma'am. She had your daddy's legs. Like, <laughs> hair. Oh. Oh, oh. We okay. are talking a thick bushel of of hair on her legs, and finally, me being me, I was mm. like, "Hey, is there a religious purpose behind this?" <laughs> There's nothing in no no one's religion that's about. <laughs> don't shave your legs. I'd be damned. But no, I was just like, "Hey, you know, is it is it is like oh, is this a thing? Like, why why don't you do that?" And she was just like, the men find it sexy. And for the life of me, I, this was back in like, I want to say it was college when I asked her this. For the life of me, I couldn't understand like, what man? Who? I want to know where. How? And I, I, I why hasn't know. anybody told you that ain't it? But you'll see, like nowadays, I'll see on Instagram and um, and I'm like, <laughs> in my head, I'm chuckling. <laughs> And some people now are bold enough to make comments like, like they'll put emojis and she'll, and she'll say, well, what's the emoji for? And then I've seen only one person, it was a guy, that was just like, them legs, though. <laughs> and I knew exactly what he meant by that. But he, was, but he let me wanted to tell the truth. I guarantee you, she still doesn't have any trouble getting a man, though. Because one thing I know about men, somebody fucking her. Well, that's a fact, but like... So not all men may not all men may not find that sexy, but for the ones that just either they may not find it sexy, they just don't give a fuck. That's the difference. Yeah, but see, you gotta be having a problem because you're not getting what you want based on the what do you mean? Ba- no, based on the memes that I see posted of this particular individual, it ain't hitting for nothing. But you know, I digress. The legs ain't never stopped her from having three babies, so there's that. She had three whole kids, so that means that go by. <laughs> so, so, someone is, is giving them uh, French braids but, Someone's feeling- <laughs> but I say all that to say the truth is it's not appealing to a lot of people but it may be appealing to other people so maybe walking around with split ends and a lopsided wig and a frontal where I can tell it's a frontal there are women out there who are getting married in terrible ass lace fronts so you can't sit and tell me that all oh, no <laughs> I mean, there's people getting buried in bad lace fronts, but I mean, <laughs> right now, let me go to the devil before you bury me uh, in a fucking lace front. You know, we gotta. I, I think it's time that we embrace microlinks or something where we don't have lace. Like my thing is this, right? Because I got a bomb ass lace wig, and do you know? I absolutely do. And the bomb. <laughs> Is because I put my hair out in the front and the hair texture blends with my own texture. That's why it's bomb. 
So I feel like communication needs to be had on, you know, because I feel like real talk at this point, no one cares. Like it should be expected that it's a wig. So it's like it's not even a thing of hiding anymore. When we were growing up, you know, you never want to be known that you were wearing a wig or anything like that or, or traps. Now I feel yeah. like girls don't give a fuck. It's just like, yeah, it's a wig. So yeah, which is, I mean, it's it's like it's. I mean, I know it's a generational thing, but I'm like, that's weird to me still. Like you just like or or, or just like have some. Have some wig decor. Like, don't like taking the bitch off all the time and shaking it or like switching. Like, have some wig decor. No, ain't no such thing. That this generation has none of that. Um, but bless them because it's working, and I'm not about to hate on it. Hey, do you? I suppose so. Lace fronts aside, <laughs> now obviously you did touch base earlier on that you went to school for cooking, but. I, is it safe to say that just like a lot of people, you just have a normal understanding and taste for cocktails, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Me and okay. have had a love-hate relationship in 20-some-odd years, but yes, I do. Oh, my Jesus, that's a whole nother episode. But we can say that you don't, you didn't go to school for it, so you're not an expert at it at all, but you do have some things that you keep at your own at-home bar, right? I do. My thing is, I, I went and took a sommelier class um, and got certified. Oh, hashtag Nipster. Okay. All right. I, 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 I rebuked that. I rebuked that whole um, tag because I was a sommelier uh, in training. First of all. Was a thing. You said what? I said for the listeners. First thing you want to do is explain what a sommelier is. So go ahead and do that, uh, A sommelier is a person who has a specialty, a craft, a knowledge, a skill um, in the fine arts of wine. <laughs> that's my definition of it. Okay. Let Google be your friend on the real definition. But that's it in a nutshell. Okay. And how did you like that? I love it. That's why I love wine now. Well, here's the thing. Here's even, an even better question. What made you take that class? Um, because it was interesting to me at the time. I was in college, and uh, I didn't like wine at the, at the time of college. I was drinking straight Seagram's. But, um, you know, I was like, well, I just kind of want to see what this is about. So I took it, and you had to be 21 at the time, and I had just turned 21. Um, this was like one of the last classes I took in school. And I got my life. And I was like, listen, I'm here for it. And so I got certified. Like, I could have, what I could have done is went downtown Chicago, got into one of the restaurants and became like a junior sommelier or something like that. But it, that didn't appeal to me so much. I just wanted to know the knowledge of it. So mm-hmm. I did that. Okay. That's actually pretty knowledge to know. And once again, to everyone, if you have a passion about something, don't think you can't take the next step to learn more and do more. You can't just... You don't have to just sit there and go, well, I like this and that's it. Mm. You know, I like beer. Okay, well, you know, go somewhere to figure out how to be become a home brewer or figure out how it's made. You can always further your knowledge on things that you know and love just with a little bit of effort. It's about refinement. Those things. It's fun. To, for me, I guess everybody's not the same, but if you have any bit of curiosity in you and if you like something, I always like to get to the, the meat of like, how it, does it work? where to start, what can I know more about it? Because not only does it make you interesting as a person, but 
you never know. It could spark something where you can generate income off of it. For me, I wasn't looking at it like that at the time, nor am I looking at it like that now. But I do know a little bit about a lot of things, and I do know a lot of things about wine. So it's like when I go into a room of people who I have no idea who they are, I'm sure that if I break out some type of knowledge that I have about wine and if somebody in that crowd drinks wine, boom, there you go. Networking 101. So, yeah. You're giving out bars. So what type of what type of liquor do you have at home right now currently? Uh, shout out to St. Germain and Cocktails and Culture. Uh, Let's take a pause real quick. I'm not just sucking at the teat of St. Germain <laughs> for the fuck of it, okay? I am so passionate about this liqueur, this elderflower liqueur. I, every episode that I've had thus far, I have shouted them out in one way, shape, or form just because it's that fucking good. No, it's good. Um, uh, to be honest, though, and this is where the you're probably about to shame me because I know you very well, but I don't have a good home bar. And I feel like when I do create a bar, um, things just tends to sit there forever because I'm the type that I drink social. Like I make cocktails out and social. Like I'll have a good cocktail out. But then I drink wine at home. So that's where my whole thing kind of lacks. But currently, St. Germain's at the bar. I have a really good tequila. Tequila's been my jam lately. And I'm talking like a really good tequila because I found out that tequila is one of the, if not the only liquor that really sits well, as well as it can sit with the body uh, versus any other kind of liqueur, liquors. And uh, I'm finding that me and dark liquor are not friends anymore. So I've kind of shied away from that. But I have a good St. Germain. I do have a chartreuse at home. And I have... Chartreuse. Hmm? How do you feel about chartreuse? Oh, I love it. I, I've, I've always liked chartreuse. I've never really what to do with it. But when I would get a cocktail and I would see that it had chartreuse in it, I would always be happy with it. So, Or, you know, you can always go on at Cocktails and Culture underscore on Instagram. And we have a number of cocktails with chartreuse. All the shameless plug, yes. <laughs> Not shameless, it's a fact. And uh, it is a fact. And I think that's really about it. So I have tequila, chartreuse, and St. Germain. Oh, and I have, um, I don't know how to pronounce it really well, but that bitter that's from Jamaica. The uh, Falernum? No, it's the orange bitter. Okay. That one. You that's that's like a crackhead's at home bar. That's so fucking random. I mean, I told you. Like you I said I mean take a sip. I mean, just to say, you got like some. It's weird because you have great staples, but then like you have chartreuse and Saint Germain and a good tequila. That's it, and lemon and lime. I stay with lemon and limes. Well, it's because you're not a degenerate. You should always stay with fresh lemon limes in your home. But I would always tell everyone, you know, there are things that you should have at your at-home bar, but you should know yourself as well. Like, if you know there's something that you just don't really drink at all or it's not really something you're ever going to have, you may not want an itch to go buy it. Like, there, even though I love St. Germain, I think everyone should have a bottle at home, but... If you've tried it and you're like, you know what? I don't like it at all. Then why have it at home? Yeah. Unless you're trying to experiment. 
and, and, and that's the thing, you know, like me personally, I have a lot of things in my at-home bar specifically because of the page. But even before this, you've been to my house. Like, you know, I have a bar cart. I have different things because I do like to experiment at home. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I'm all about the experimentation of everything. So for me, it's like, I, I clearly, because you get to Key St. Germain and short truth. Fuck. I mean, I, I'll, 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 what I'll do is I'll add to it. So if I have the staple of things that I know I can buy once and then I ain't got to worry about no more, anything else I need to add to it. Like, if I see something on your page, I'm like, okay, I got that. And if I have the little things that I can go and get, I'm all for that. That's how I operate. Because if I buy all the things I know I can have easy access to, I'll do that without buying the ingredient that's going to set it off, like the St. Germain, the Chartreuse. So that's why that stuff is just sitting there. But it does make sense because guess what? It's a lot easier to go get a bottle of champagne because you have St. Germain at the Absolutely. house. Absolutely. It's a lot easier to go, you know, get some vodka or some gin because you have Chartreuse at the house. Yes. It's so it's so much more easier. Yeah. So there's a method to your madness. So if you if you want to go ahead and get the more expensive things or the big things out the way and just have them on deck and have them sit and get the little things along the way when something sparks your imagination, that's fine. There is no real wrong way to build an at-home bar. Um, the only wrong way, I would say, is if you use lime and lime out the can or the little squeeze tube and you don't know the difference between club soda and salsa water and you call yourself trying to make a gin and tonic. Other than that, have and you can't be you can't be buying no bullshit. Like I'm sorry, unless you're making a sangria, there's no reason why you should have E and J at your house. There's no reason why your liquor should come in plastic bottles. Little irk and jerk. I hate <laughs> that. Throw it in the garbage. There's the. I, you know what? Let me recant. There is a wrong way to build an at-home bar. It's just you got to be extreme if you if you do it the wrong way. You know, I, I told you uh, before, I felt like I was listening to one of your episodes. I said, she is mad harsh on people. Like, the level of snobbery that was coming across is outstandingly horrific. But then... Excuse me. Yeah. But then, some of some, oh, well, there's just no fucking way you should have. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... <laughs> And on my mind, I'm like, um, some of this is kind of common sense, right? Then I happened to go to as an associate's, a friend of a friend's house. And I was like, yo, did you really just squeeze out the lime, out the lime thing? I can't. I can't. Are we drinking all of these things out of like red solo cups? I can't. There's a place and a time. And my thing is they called themselves being fancy. And I was just like, oh. If I'm not at a cookout, I don't want a red fucking solo cup. If it's like four of us, why are we all drinking out of red solo cups? And I'm grown as fuck. So you breaking out that little green circle, that sphere that resembles something of a line, and you're pouring that in in a a drink to give to me, that shit is like 3% juice. What the fuck else is in there? They claim that it's real juice. That's where where people begin. It it says it's real juice. No, there's some real juice remnants in it. It don't cost much to get a bag of limes. I just I just think that there's a certain level of taste that we have art archer that we have to have to make things a little bit better. That's all. Archer is a real whole ass made up fucking word that our grandmother cultivated in one of her rages. 
against Akilah and myself and said that we both had piss poor mothers and we didn't have any Archer. No Archer. I don't so Archer's a thing. Feel free to use it. It'll keep her legacy alive. Hashtag She's still alive. You have <laughs> alive and kicking. <laughs> Talk about some legacy. She's a whole ass alive though, but it will keep her legacy <laughs> Hashtag you don't have any Archer. That's what that is. So yeah. So you gotta have some archer, some some refinement. And it, once again, don't none of this shit cost a lot. It doesn't. It's just it don't. Like from the outside looking in, you think it's a no-brainer, but a lot of people don't do it. Same way when I went on my rants about glassware and let's not be drinking, let's not try to drink a cocktail out of your kids, you know, Paw Patrol cup. <laughs> and everyone thought it was hilarious, but I'm like, that shit is entirely real. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know what though? Again. If you're going to call yourself hosting people over and now listen, if it's a kickback, it's Memorial Day weekend. Ain't nobody got time for no highball glasses and none of that type shit. Like, no. If it is, hey, yo, we having cocktails, bring bring whatever, we chilling. It it takes you two seconds to impress your own self and break out some good, not only stemware or glassware, but roll a couple limes and lemons ahead of time. You know what I mean? Because I don't know about you, but at 32, about to be 33, I just, I can't, I don't get fun out of drinking straight Hennessy or straight anything anymore, unless I'm trying to lose weight, which is currently the thing. So, like, impress me more than just giving me a bottle of Hennessy straight up with some, what, with a splash of Coke? No, 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 no. I think people realize that I think everyone's, well, a majority of people's knowledge, especially within the culture, their knowledge regarding liquors, that they can make cocktails out of the clear stuff, but not the dark stuff. And it's like, you can make cocktails out of Hennessy. You absolutely can. It just takes a little bit of more energy to do the research. But as I stated before on Ad Cocktails and Culture underscore, we have a number of Hennessy cocktails that I've made. And they come out really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a... Uh... I'm impressed by it. I'm not, I was not a big Hennessy person. Well, that's not true. I would drink Hennessy, but I was never like a Hennessy is bae type situation. Like that wasn't really my thing. And then it got to a point where I was drinking too much Hennessy where I just couldn't even stomach the look and the smell of it. And I think now with the variations of cocktails, I'm all for that. Personally speaking, though, like I said, me and like dark liquor are having a, a hate relationship at the moment. So I've had to relax but i've had a newfound appreciation for a good gin and tequila used to be my wave i let it go and now i'm back on it so the last time you were out here a couple years ago when i wanted to make you a gin cocktail you were like absolutely not it was unheard of yeah and then i think i I made you a mule i forgot what no i think what did i make you when you were here i forgot i forget but it was something that i i enjoyed I think I did make you a, a, a gin cocktail when you were here. And I'm pretty sure it was probably the Saint Germain. Probably. I'm just in the dark because that was that's my jam for the last three years. <laughs> but that's the thing about the whole gin thing. Because a lot of us never had really good gin. And when you have such a bad experience with, with shitty gin, as you get older, it's just like muscle memory. You don't you know not to stay away from gin because there was a bad memory associated. So for me, last time I joined Jam was over 10 years ago and I got something. I was, I don't know what happened. All I know is that 
me and my friend were riding down Cicero, and I thought Alicia Keys was having a concert. Shout out to Simone. And she was like, what? And I was straight hallucinating. So that was the last time I experienced that, and I'll never do it again. So, you know, <laughs> you just tend to leave things alone that have a sour taste in your mouth. My experience with the gin was probably the worst experience anyone could ever have with the spirit. And I mean, my parents found me in the fucking snow, child. Okay, <laughs> found me outside in the in the snow. So uh, when I say found, they found me. So if I can sit here and say, you know what, I love gin, and after having that experience back when I was like nineteen, right? You got people to evolve and grow from that shit. Yeah, I, I drank that shit to fucking excess, you know. And it was the bumpy phase. It was old seagrams. And that's what it was. But when you drink any bullshit to excess, yeah, you're going to get found somewhere. There's also a particular taste of gin that may not be for everybody. Cause you, that's, that's true. But you know what? All different all different brands of gins taste different. They have different essences and different aftertastes and different bases. Some have cucumber. Some have juniper berries. Some have rosemary. All of them are different in nature. It just takes the time and energy to figure out what's your jam. There's a big taste difference between a Bombay Sapphire and a regular Bombay and a tangeray. Tangeray. <laughs> what do you say? Alice. <laughs> People are going to listen to this. I don't know if you're aware. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but that to say this, don't be afraid to continue to experiment with things that you think that, you know, you may not like, like, if you had something a few months ago and it wasn't your jam, I get it. But if it was 10, 20 years ago, level up. Yes. I Give it a shot. Things die out because in the past year, I've embraced gin. I'm like, I can get with Actually, I prefer gin and tequila over any brown liquor any day. Whiskey used to be my thing. I'm still, I'm still with whiskey, but I just, you know what? And I'm like this with anything anyway. I just do, if I like something, I do it, do it, do it, do it. And then I have to take a break from it. So right now I'm back on gin and tequila because I took a break from both. That's weird. So I mean, it's me. Indeed. So to get to the culture aspect, we did recently just lose John Singleton. And for those who don't know, he is a What do you mean? Oscar- for, wait, wait, no. What do you mean for those who don't know? There are people exit, exit out of this podcast right now. If you don't know who John Singleton is, I don't want to hear it. It's no excuse. You done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. So for those who may not be as familiar with all of his works, he is an acclaimed and Oscar-nominated screenplay writer and director and producer. He's been creating and writing and directing Snowfall on FX. He's done so many countless movies. So first, I want to ask you, what's your favorite John Singleton movie? Even though I know the answer is higher learning, I'm going to ask you anyway. He's a fucking legend, and it's higher learning. Of course. Of course. It's always going to be higher learning. So that's your shit. Higher learning. Actually. Both- poetic justice. <laughs> yep. Yep. I would I put poetic justice over higher learning. I would. I know. And, yep. then, and then comes Boys in the Hood. You know what? I I like Four Brothers. Four Brothers. Four Brothers is a classic that people slept on. It was so good. It was so 
damn good. I really liked it. And the soundtrack I, was really good too. You said what? The soundtrack was actually really good too. Oh, I was a fan of Four Brothers. Definitely, obviously, Boys in the Hood. Um, I'm, I'm, I didn't like Hustling Flow. That shit irked the fuck I, out of I me. Never, I never saw it because it didn't. I, I saw that's a, well the ten minutes count because in the first ten minutes I was like yeah I'm cool if you've seen ten minutes you've seen a whole fucking thing it's it's Terrence Howard being the epitome of Terrence Howard and I'm not a fan of Terrence Howard. being the same role she's played seventeen times already Playing plus and, and emotional playing itself Terrence Howard will always be uh, uh, Quentin over there off the best man so there's that. You know, he honestly, that's going to be his only redeemable quality for me. Is that is that role? That's it. Did you see the best man? the The best man holiday, the sequel. I never saw it. Yeah, you never saw it. No. Oh. First of all, can we say, look? Let's stop making sequels to classic movies. Fifteen years too late that no one asked for. If you don't give it to me within three years, I don't fucking want it. I don't want to see characters old as fuck. Like, don't don't give me a boys in the hood now. While that synopsis and that whole thing you just said is true it was still a really good sequel was it yes it was it was it was good you can miss me with the whole christmas aspect of it but the plot twist oh it's good it's sad it's funny everybody still look good you, you need to watch that it was good yeah. I guess I watch it when you watch Hustle and Flow. How about that? It's not even the same. It's not even the same. Got, got an Oscar. It's an Oscar nominated. No, no, Oscar. No, no. Three Six Mafia got an Oscar, not the movie. No, I think he was nominated for uh, for directing that. I think I think he was nominated. Yeah, but they didn't get no Oscar for it. Well, Three Six Mafia deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and Project Pat is top ten rappers dead of dead or alive. Tried that. Talking about some top ten. He is. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even name me six Project Pat, ten Project Pat songs. Because they bitches like to talk about us, like to lick our balls. I don't ever call that hoe. And she loved my dirty draws. Are you kidding me? He's a poet. You see, now this is when you should say, for those who don't know, because I'm sure <laughs> most people don't know about Project Pat, but you sitting here giving disclaimers about John Singleton, the nerd. <laughs> The nerve of you. <laughs> the audacity. I can't. <laughs> the caucasity of it all. That that no, that was some straight up real life niggatry to assume people know Project Pat over John Singleton. That was that, crazy. That was you though. Uh excuse me, but I do I I it, losing him prematurely at the way that we did was hard. You know, um, still out. Say that Kila just fucking the party up. So what? What about what about his death plagues you? Did you have a problem with? I just, you know, I just want for all the black men that are listening to just go ahead and go to the doctor. And when you go to the doctor, listen to what they have to say. And if you don't want to take the medications that they give you because I get it go a holistic approach but do something about the health issues that plague you that's all I have to say because in my unpopular opinion 
I just I just feel like he died prematurely and unnecessarily from a health issue that if were managed, he wouldn't have had to die from. That's all I have to say. It made me sad. Preface this by saying, let me let me go ahead and address this. It made me sad. Ninety-six percent of Akilah's opinions are unpopular and sometimes almost I'm trying to look up another word for crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. They're all, they're all, some of her, some of her opinions and, and theories are the equivalent of Dave Gribble off of King of the Hill. Okay. Well, let's move on. And I agree. Um, there are a lot of good people who do prematurely pass away because they don't do the minor things early on. So if you're going to the doctor and say, hey, you got hypertension, high blood pressure, maybe you should, you know, walk around the block a couple times, stop drinking so much, and you don't do it. I mean, then, then you die prematurely from health issues that maybe could have been avoided. It's just the bottom line. So get your affairs in order. You know, I'm seeing things online now where there are some arguments about his estate with his children. Now that, now that, now that is a huge problem, especially in the black community. I don't, I don't quite get it, but I do understand where it comes from. But at this point, it's just like, come on now. You are, you are John Singleton. You, I even heard that Prince had that issue. Yeah, the niggotry of it all. Prince, Prince, the fucking architect. Prince, you and I get it with his bullshit religion. Yeah, I am calling Jehovah. I'm not gonna call it bullshit. No, nope, but I'm just do that. Don't you do that? A lot of, a lot of views are mismanaged. No, so it is. Don't you say it out loud. <laughs> a lot of the views are mismanaged. Meaning, I know a lot of things are worldly, or a lot of things people don't think that that are important. But you need to have your affairs in order. You need to have your affairs know who gets what when you die. I ain't got a lot of shit, but I know who gets what. It, it's even it's even down to how do you want yourself to be handled. You know what I mean? Like it, if you don't want to be buried in sweatpants, get your shit together. Have a conversation with someone. Like like my husband, he thinks that it's a morbid topic when I bring it up, but I need to know how do you want to be taken care of if you die before me? Do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? I need to know these type of things. Well, because how many times have we seen people get into arguments and get maybe a whole ass fist fight because Big Mama didn't get her shit together? Yeah, I mean, it, it, while it may make you uncomfortable, there's many things that make you uncomfortable. The facts is that you have to pay taxes, you're going to die. And that's just the bottom line of it. So if someone knows how you would like your affairs to be ordered out, that just creates a necessary for the living because you're gonna be don't you're gonna be gone. So you know and and, and and if you're dealing with a woman and you're not married, you're not trying to get married, okay. Well, have that conversation with her that my mom is taking care of all this. That's that's legally who's gonna get everything, who's gonna take care of it. Let that be known. Yeah. Because there's so and this is a situation with John Singleton right now is that his mother's taking care of the affairs because he wasn't married and his children are the beneficiaries, and now some woman wants to lay claim. No. Well, she should fall back because I think common sense. Well, if you're let me not you married that. to someone, you have no say so. Let me tell you something right now. I don't give a fuck how long you've been with somebody. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck how much they love you. Y'all got kids together. If you legally aren't married, you have no legal claim to dick. You don't. That's it. 
that's just it. Don't and I and I see this shit all the time on social media that everyone wants, well, not everybody wants to get married. Okay, fine, but let me tell you something right now. One of the main reasons I rushed to get married so fast with my husband was that I told him, I said, you and I are in this city by ourselves because his family, they live a couple hours away. My family's across the country. If anything happens to me, I don't need you to have to call my mother or my father and have them have to get on a plane to come all the way out here. I'll be dead by mm-hmm. I need somebody here who can make the call right now. So we, we already talked about getting married. We know we want to marry each other. Let's get that shit done now. Why wait? Hmm, I never knew that. Um, you know, it's just like a thing. Like, okay, we all we all felt the way about Nipsey and that whole situation. And I don't even know, and it's, it's not really my business to know, but I don't even know if him and Lauren London were actually married or not. Um, what I do know is that Nipsey did the right thing with his kids and set them up. So there was no gun GoFundMe's floating around. There was no handouts from other high-profile people with money. He had them straight. Um, and I and I haven't heard anything as far as like assets being. You know, I haven't heard any of that as far as Lauren London is concerned. So if you're not gonna if you're not gonna be married or get married or whatever, still have some type of agreement, a legal binding contract, something, so that when it goes down in probate and they're like, okay, they're not married. Okay, now what? Oh, he left this. Okay, is this a is this a binding contract? Let that be a thing. Yeah. If, if it's in writing, if it's in black and white, like, yeah, we're not married, but this and this, boom. A That's it. Suffice. A will will suffice. Like, if you ain't, like, literally, like, or if you don't have that much to have a will, but you have, you know there's some life insurance, you have a policy out on yourself, you can go talk to someone to get the the, 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 the amount of your life insurance to be divvied up in a certain way. So if you got a policy for $100,000 for your life and you can leave 60 to your mother and 40 to your lady. It's really that simple. Um, and and then you let you let the living fight that out because, again, the whole purpose of setting people up is because they have proceeded or they're still alive. You're not. So at least lay the foundation and let the chips fall where they may because they're going to fall regardless. So, but... All that being said, it's still a shame that we lost John, we lost John Singleton. It's sad. He was mad young. I didn't even realize how young he was. For some odd reason, you know how you just look at certain people, you just you really just don't look at age. You don't know how old they are. You know when you think about it, he's always had an old face. <laughs> but I've never looked at him and been like, I wonder how old John Singleton is. Like I, I, I never. So to see if he's fifty one, I thought I, I would have put him at a smooth sixty, low key. Like when Boys in the Hood came out, I think he was like 24 when he directed that movie and I wrote the movie. Younger than that. But he looked smooth 40. Well, well, you know, when you eat ham hocks, chitlins, hog mogs, put salt, table salt, not dead sea salt or pink land, when you want to use fat back grease and everything, shortening in your pancakes, when you want to, you know, listen. Shortening in your pancakes. <laughs> Hashtag shortening in your pancakes, okay? Who uses shortening in their pancakes? When you play all that bullshit, it's gonna age you really quick. And that's just the facts. That's true. Not that we believe that's what happened with John Singleton. That's what else one happened, of the- Bertina. 
You don't know. He could have had a, a heart condition. Yeah, that uh, could be hypertension. Was that published? Did you see his medical records? You know he had hypertension. Okay. Okay, boom, right? When you die of a stroke. And they have said that he suffered from hypertension. So this is where I'm getting that from. When you have <laughs> hypertension, it affects all of your organs. It starts with the kidneys. From the kidneys, it starts to break down the liver. From all of that, the liver, what filters the blood? When the blood is not filtered, what happens? It starts to clog the arteries and the pores of your heart. What happens once that happens? It starts to corrode it. Next thing you know, you can't get oxygen in your blood vessels. So then what happens? Your brain is not functioning. When your brain doesn't function well and all these things have already been broken down and nothing's working, you stroke out. Maybe he saw a ghost. You don't know. So moving on, um, you know, because I don't have time for niggatry, uh, you know, the facts are the facts. I immediately regret this decision. So last thing, and this really ties into us as well. One of the movies that he, one of the only videos he directed was the Remember the Time video. Hey, do you yeah, remember... I do you remember when that shit? They did a whole thing about its debut tonight. Like they dropped that shit in prime time on BT. I was at your house. I remember that. Oh my god! I like remember, I'm trying to. I remember. Oh. Like, I remember like sitting there like counting down. Like couldn't wait to see this shit, and it was epic. Like never seen anything like it. No, I remember when that the end part where Michael Jackson and Iman. "Quote unquote kiss." <laughs> "Quote unquote." <laughs> All the shade. "Quote unquote." But I remember when they did. Me and you were like, "Ooh!" Like it was so taboo. Oh, to be young, it was a thing, Charlie. Michael Jackson kissed somebody. And it was weird. That, that was weird. <laughs> but. It came out what, like it, it came out ninety two. Yeah, it was like ninety two, ninety three. So we were like six years old, yeah. When he like dis when he like disappeared in the sand, then you, oh my god, then you had Eddie Murphy up there with all that eyeliner on and Magic Johnson getting his life, his all the getting all his jush. I mean, living in his glory, and I was just like, this behold a masterpiece. It was so good. It was so good. He had the Fly Girls from Living Color as the backup dancers. I mean, everything about that was just... It was epic. It, it, it was I, literally, like, the fact that it's this far in the future, and we still remember when it came out. Yep. I remember that like it was yesterday. Then I remember <laughs> Arsenio Hall <laughs> showing my age. I remember... Uh, catching Arsenio Hall, who I used to be scared of, but that's another story for another day. Terrified. <laughs> like talk about it, and it was like a big thing afterwards. Like, yeah, it was, it was, it was epic. It was epic. Yes, you didn't mishear us. Uh, Kilo used to be definitely oh. afraid of Arsenio Hall. <sighs> He's a scary looking dude. Like it was the wolf, wolf, wolf that used to get me. <laughs> oh my god I was such a weird child bless my heart but yes <laughs> it was all epicness it really really was the next thing we're going to do is we're going to get to the next topic but I'm going to refill my cup so let's take a pause while we do that what are you drinking 
Oh, we, oh, you really paused. Like, you stepped away. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that something that you really wanted to... <laughs> actually, actually, what I'm drinking is the cocktail I made for you. Oh, that's a good one. And and that actually, and we can actually uh, touch base on that before we take take a step back, is I actually named this the perfect man on the Instagram page at cocktails and culture underscore because you were adamant at the time that you wanted something made with bourbon. Yes. And this is all on the page. So what I did was I went ahead and added uh, half an ounce of maple syrup and I sliced half of a jalapeno, sliced that up and I muddled that in a shaker. And then I added half an ounce of fresh lemon juice, obviously, three ounces of bullet bourbon. And then I stirred in the shaker and then I uh, strained over ice. But then I also added um, some activated charcoal. Uh, so everything. So that's, 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 that's what made a good black, spicy, a little bit sweet. I mean, it's a very, very so a complex cocktail, but it's totally worth it. It's me. So, activated charcoal you can get anywhere it ain't like you can get it at the walmart you know it's like six dollars for a few capsules you can get it in powder form off amazon the thing you want to be careful with is that it's made to detoxify and so if you put some into your alcoholic beverage it's going to suck up some of the alcohol so that's why in this cocktail i went ahead and added three ounces of bourbon instead of the normal ounce and a half two ounces or what you could do is and and this is for the people because i cannot not drink without taking two capsules of activated charcoal before i drink and two capsules after so instead of putting it in the drink 30 minutes before you start the drink just take the activated charcoal and then leave it out of the drink so akila to put it in listen it's black and spirit like if we're gonna if, if we're gonna get down to the brass tacks of it, what we're gonna do we're gonna preface that there is no guarantee or no no FDA findings that say activated charcoal helps with anything. But what? But oh, if you, you want get sold out, I so I'm, I'm not liable. Dick on it, okay? So let me put it out here. I'm not liable for anything. Now, do I? before I drink I absolutely do after a day of drinking I come home before I go to sleep I take two capsules of activated charcoal because for me it suck up the toxins in my body I wake up feeling better and I'm not as bloated testimony you know you know that if you speak from your own perspective you don't have to give disclaimers right I'm always giving disclaimers anybody getting me okay listen people Try it and see if it works. I'm sure that it will, though. I actually had an experience where I gave one to a friend. We went out for a brunch, a little Sunday fun day action, and I gave one to her. We were, like, in the middle of drinking champagne. I said, hey, you know, take a couple of these so, you know, we can be okay later later in the day. And she threw up everywhere. (laughs) I take her home. So hence why I'm giving the disclaimer. I have given them out to many people and that has never happened, but it's the first time for everything. I gave it out to a date once and he was like, the next day, he thought I was the second coming. And I was like, I'm just, I'm amazed that, you know, you didn't know, but that is something that somebody wouldn't know, but yeah. You know, people know. No, I think I'm the only person I know besides for you, besides you who knows to take activated charcoal. I don't use it. Like people are like, oh, it whitens your teeth. And I'm like, I don't know that, that shit. I just know if I'm about to go out and tie one the fuck on, 
I'm taking it before and I'm taking it out. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a real. It, I, I'm sure in the next few years it'll be like a commonly known thing, but it's it's yeah. not that known. I mean, it's the same stuff that if you had alcohol poisoning or if you overdose on something. And that's exactly what they do. That's exactly what they put in your body when you have alcohol poisoning to get rid of the toxins. But I will say you want to be careful because if you're taking activated charcoal, well, like I'm gonna pop on my body and shit, you don't even realize how much you're drinking. That's happened to me too, where I've been like. I feel good. Let's get perfect example. There's a restaurant out here where they have activated charcoal mimosas. Oh no, that's the setup. I I mean, and it's made with alkaline water and lemon juice. Like it's the fucking truth. It is like amazing. But after two pictures, I'm like, bitch, I walked home. (laughs) I walked the fuck home. I walked like three miles home. I felt great. This is a good day to just get the walking. And I walked. Wow, Versina. Two were you two pictures to yourself? No, I was I was I was there Oh, okay. But oh, that's fine. Oh. I'm about to say, bitch, you were you was feeling good in the neighborhood. Dude, I but I was, but there but it's so good now, and you don't feel the effects. Here's a real gotcha, gotcha. Like honestly and truly, if you're taking uh any kind of drugs that you need to be taking birth control, high blood pressure pills, whatever. Oh and you take activated charcoal. Activated charcoal is an absorber, but it is not a um adsorber. So it absorbs, it doesn't absorb every single thing, but it does absorb certain things. So you got to be careful when you're taking prescription medicine and activated charcoal. So Wait, your doctor. If you're gonna take activated charcoal wait two hours after any prescription you have to take because I had to learn that shit on a real rough day when I found out yo you need to wait some hours because I take my birth control in the morning oh yeah you was trying to get knocked up then I look I there's a flight of stairs right outside my door (laughs) so Liz concrete stairs that'll do the trick (laughs) what is it uh (laughs) death becomes herself (laughs) that'll get the job done Concrete. Let me go ahead and we're gonna refill gonna refill this this cocktail. So we're gonna step away for a moment. Hello. So we're gonna go ahead and get to our topic, revenge of the X. Now, this topic plagues us all, and I may even be bold enough to say that it is even more rampant amongst women, specifically women in heterosexual relationships. Now, if you want to know why I'm speaking on the topic of only heterosexual relationships, then you can listen to other episodes. Or (laughs) just to reiterate, it's because I can only speak from something that I've experienced firsthand and spent decades witnessing as well. You know, I've been, I've dated, been dumped, dumped on, and as Jeff Van Gundy put it this past week, you from someone you will not take advice from. So I've been there. I've done that. Now, for me, me personally, I've been married for three years. I've been with my husband altogether about six years this June, but I'm 33. So I've so I met him at 27. So I had all those years beforehand to go through the ringer. Now, Akila, can you explain what your relationship status, please? I am single AF. That's um, emphasis on that. I don't know why. But when I say revenge of the ex, 
the literal definition of revenge is the action of inf inflicting hurt or harm on someone from an injury or wrongdoing suffered at their hands. So when you think, shit, my ex is taking revenge on me, what the fuck did I do to them to make them want to cause harm to myself? And it's just that simple. The fact that you decided to move on from someone, the fact that you decided to make your, yourself unavailable to them, that you're not open to their advances, they took that shit personally. Mm -hmm. And now that was an act of harm to them. And now instead of just letting you be, they want to go ahead and turn that around and pursue you. Mm -hmm. they, 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 they may not do something like slash your tires, but the fact that when you say, I'm good, I've moved on, I'm doing other things, I'm not interested in you, they decide, no, fuck that. I'm going to call you anyway. I'm going to text you anyway. I'm going to DM you anyway. I'm going to comment on your pictures. And that's their way of exacting harm on you. So that's their form of revenge. And that's why we call it revenge of the ex. Mm -hmm. Because we, and I know that every person is different, but specifically women, when we're done, we're done. Like, that's it. Whether it took you, you know, three years, 30 years, or three days whether he's had one chance or 75 chances, whatever your time frame is. And I'm not going to sit here and bag on someone on their timetable, but I do know that everybody has their own breaking point. Mm -hmm. So when you like, I'm wiping my hands, I'm done with this shit. I'm telling you, we over, we done, get your shit. I'm, I'm out. For some reason, they think she just needs about a few days, mm -hmm. she needs months. She don't really mean that. Yeah, I know she's moved on and she's moved across the country and yeah, she may be married and yeah, she may have she may have children now and grandkids, but <laughs> I, still, I still could shoot my shot. That's what that revenge shit is. Because when you get that fucking hate stranger text, it it what it is, the hate stranger text is trash, but what it is is it's arrogance. It's it's mm. it's complete arrogance and ego. Because how dare you detach yourself away from me all in the name of your own self-care? And what about me? So in men, I find in my past dealings, a lot of men can't take it when you put yourself above everything. Especially mm -hmm. who've never shown any selfish tendencies in the relationship. Good selfish or bad selfish. Um yeah. It's just straight, it's straight up ego. And sometimes, now look, I'm not even going to sit here in front on this podcast. Because there are some exes where you may want to hear from. Maybe, you know, you detached at the time. Maybe you needed time to play its course. Maybe certain circumstances kind of pushed you guys away from each other. Whatever the case, it wasn't like a toxic situation or whatever. Uh, or there's just a a soul tie that you can't break, um, and then you want to hear from someone. Cool, but what? But specifically, what we're talking about is, you know, this is not it for you, and it's time to move around. And the other person, while they say that they're okay with it, they're really not. And then they, in turn, try to make you be the bad guy, all in the name of you doing what's best for you. Um, and it's in its revenge because what they're doing is that they're probably shitting on you to their friends, their family, because the first thing they want to know is, well, where is so-and-so at? What happened with so-and-so? And nobody in the history of of people 
I, I don't know too many men who have sat there and said, well, you know, it was both of us or I, I, I got to take that L because I did X, Y, Z. When you're hurt, more, mainly when you're hurt, it's, man, fuck that bitch. They did this. She did that. Woo, woo, woo. It's, it's never, it's never a, um, a clear line that we both did things that caused this relationship to end. Or I did this and this is why she bounced. I think as time goes on, there are men who do fess and up to that. That was the that was the whole thing. As time goes on, but when you're hurt, that tends to not be the case. So I oh, feel no. like, hurt. yeah, I feel like with the revenge thing, when you're in that space, it's because you're still hurt. But at the same time, even when you're not hurt, it's still the arrogance that even though this woman has told me that she doesn't want to see me anymore, that she's good, that I can't take her at her word, that I'm going to go ahead and take, have the audacity to say, I'm going to call her anyway. Like, why are you Why are you here? Deborah Cox said it the best. Ain't nobody supposed to be here. Because why are you here? Feelings are hurt. I'm telling you. Because when you truly, okay, boom, prime example, right? So I'll use myself as an example. I dated somebody for a while. Uh, it didn't work out. It didn't work out partly because we were um, two totally different people that I think. Now, let me me take a pause real quick, and I want to cut you off, and I'm sorry. But when you say your relationship status is that you're single, there's a difference between two versions of being single. Now, are you single and actively dating and looking, or are you single, like, but I'm in my space single? Um, Actually, I'm both, if you can be both. I'm like... No, you can't. You said what? No, are you single and just playing? What you playing? What like, I don't understand. Like, does dating just for dating sake? Because there are people out there who don't mind going on dates, but they're not looking for anything serious. Oh but- no, 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 no! I am single, but I am dating with uh, intent, with purpose. But you, but you want to be left alone. No, I don't want to be left alone. So that's what I'm saying. Like you're single, but you're single and dating and looking. Oh well, then yes, yes. In that case, when you said I'm in my space, I took that a different way. Yes, I am single, and I am looking because I do want a relationship. I'm not single, and I want to be left alone and be out here on, you know, Tatiana status. I'm not really. I'm not really. Well, because I mean, there are different people out there who like. Because I've been in that space where I've been single, and I'm like, I'm not dating. I'm not doing shit. I just need to buy my own fucking business. I've been there many a time. Many, but there is not single them, and then you could be single and single and looking, or you could just be single like I'm just single and dating, but I don't want anything serious because I've been there too. Getting out of uh, I once was getting out of a long term relationship, and I realized because it didn't work out, and I thought it was going to work out, and I was like, Well, I did everything wrong, like I thought I knew this guy, and I knew we were supposed to end up together, and everything on paper was you know, the, all the numbers added up, and when it didn't work out. I thought, okay, well, if I got everything wrong, then maybe I just need to date a bunch of guys to figure out what I really do want. So you can't just be dating just to just to figure some shit out. Uh, wrong with absolutely. That. Dating is an ebb and flow. Being single is an ebb and flow. For me, where I am currently right now on May 4th, 2019, I am single. I am single with a purpose. I am single and dating with a purpose. Now, last month, I was single and I didn't want to be bothered. So, you know, but now you're, now you're single and looking. So why don't you tell everybody your bra size? Oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> I um your mom's bra size, whatever that may be, times two. Wowzers. So, anyway, she listens to this, by the way. 
say what? I said my mother listens to this, by the way. Okay, well, listen. Leave your bra size in the comments. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm single and I'm and I'm cool with what comes my way, and I'm cool with being by myself. So, you know, um, yeah. But I am. Uh, but, but guess what? No matter how single and happily single you may be right now, you get that ex, that text from that ex, that phone call from that ex, don't you? Well, yeah. I mean. Listen, but that's because, again, it was a one-sided, well, it felt like a two-sided, uh, a mutual breakup, but now from what I'm hearing, it's a one-sided breakup. Um, and that's why I'm getting all of these hurt feelings four, five, six months later. Um, but I had to do what was best for me. And I don't have anything bad to say about this person because I, I really don't have anything bad to say. He just wasn't for me. And I think that this particular person is having a hard time because no matter how I've said it, without being extremely mean, it's not coming across in the right manner. So, um, and then I and then I had to think to myself, like, I don't want to be with a person that doesn't listen. So, stop it at. See, this why we ain't together. You don't listen. You don't fucking listen, Linda. But yeah, I'm cool. And and look, assumptions. There are none because I'm the type that when we break up, you know why I feel the way that I feel. And I'm not about to hide around a bush for you not to understand how I feel. Now, if you choose to hide behind bushes, that's on you. And I think that with this particular ex, the reason why he's lurking in the shadows, because he was hiding around bushes whole time without being upfront and honest when the shit really mattered. For me, I laid all my cards on the table. I'm done now. But you, you still have a hand to play when there is no fucking game. So mm, that's, that's a word. That's the problem. And that's why a lot of people get that revenge bullshit out there because they're not honest enough with the person that they were dealing with. And they're also not honest with themselves to lay their shit on the table, whether it's good or bad. So that revenge shit is whack. That, look, let me tell you something right now. That shit, and like I said already, I've been in this relationship with my husband since damn near since I moved to California. It's about about six years. And you think that at some point I would stop getting texts or or, or anything yeah. from any ex? You you would think, right? No. Because and, and, and the crazy part is, and this is the most disrespectful thing, is that for some men out there, and this isn't about men bashing, because women do this shit too. There are a lot of women who can't fucking take the hint either. Yeah, but we don't date but, women, so we're talking about men. Moving on. Jesus Christ. But my thing is, is that there is there's a big difference for some men between being taken versus being over it. Mm. As if there's validation in you having another man. Oh, she has another man, then, that, then I know she's off limits. Like, no, fuck you. I, there's no other man here. I just don't want you. Oof, there's that. I, I had to have that conversation a number of times. Because whenever you tell a guy that you're not interested in seeing him any longer, and he takes that, and the next thing you know, a few months later, he hits you up, and you still tell him no, what's the first fucking thing they ask? Is it somebody else? Who, who else you first thing? Because, because they, because, and this is this is where it becomes uh, um, sexes in a way. Because me as a woman... I don't have the capacity to make up my own mind on my own merit to be done with your whack ass. Mm -hmm. I can't make that decision. There has to be someone else 
stringing me along or someone else has to have my attention for me to want to be done with you. No, when I told you your shit was whack and I wasn't dealing with it anymore, I meant that from me to you. There's no one else involved. And that's one of the biggest, let me tell you something. When I finally started seeing my husband and this gentleman who I, we didn't even date him like that, but whatever. One of the first things he said when I told him I'm seeing someone and I'm not, you know, I was like, first of all, I moved across the country. So I've been told you he was done. I said, but look, I'm seeing somebody. So there's no reason for you to call me anymore. I swear to God, he said, so I'm supposed to just let, let what we had go because you needed someone to hold you at night. Wait, who said this? I'm sorry. I'm not going to say his name. What the fuck? Oh, but you know who said it. But it wasn't your husband. No, no, no. This is where yeah. I first started oh, dating. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. And I told the guy that I look, I was like, because he was still hitting me up, even though I had moved across the country, even though I had told him to his face that we were like, that was it. And I wasn't going to see him again. And so he was still hitting me up. So then I told him, I said, look, you know, I'm with this guy and it's getting serious. You know, there's no reason for, you, for us to talk anymore. Because I'm supposed to just let, you know, what you and I had go because you needed someone to hold you at night. You know, that, that, that. <laughs> I said, first of all, bitch, I didn't need nobody to hold me at night. You ain't hold me at night. What the fuck are we talking about? What, what are we talking about right now? First of all. Second of all, you that butt hurt? Yeah. I'm like, and then, then I was like, on top of that, and I told him this shit too. I was like, dude, I'm not that fucking fine. I'm not that fucking interesting. Stop sweating me. No, 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 no. See, but see, this is the thing. It's not about any of that so much. So it's about, it goes back to ego and it goes back to arrogance. They thought you weren't going anywhere. Mm. Oh my gosh. Complacency is the devil. And you got to understand not you, but just people, men have to understand that a certain type of woman will actually go somewhere. <laughs> Everybody yeah. is not going to do this whole baby boy, shout out to John Singleton, ass fucking relationships where shit is dragging on, it's toxic, we're back but ain't nobody, a lot of women ain't going for that. It's, no. I recognize early that this is not for me and instead of trying to test the waters and see if things will change or maybe I'm tripping or you know, maybe we could, I'm just going to leave now because I am not married, nor have I ever been married. But what I do know is that if all the red flags are hitting me up at once early, that's not somebody I want to marry and try to stick it out to. I would rather stick it out with the man that I know with his flaws and my flaws, we can make these things work. Not, oh, you want some complete other type shit that I don't know if I can get down with. That ain't, that ain't how it works. A lot of women are preconditioned to, quote unquote, stick it out, to, quote unquote, you know, go through the ups and the downs. But it's like, guess what? If the downs been downs from the beginning, fuck that shit. Why would you want to? <laughs> we, we ain't doing that. Well, because that, that, that's when it becomes only beneficial to the man. Yeah, but see, that's that's where the patriarchy starts to come in, because a lot of these women are not putting themselves first. Number one. Number two, a lot of women are extremely insecure uh, and then number three, when you tie all that together in a nice little bow, you get the third aspect of, well, I'm scared to put myself out there because what if I end up alone? Let me so tell you something. What better I say? A piece of a man is better than no man at all. And that's the most toxic, most ass backward 1960s statement that women are living now. And it's, and it's, it's ridiculous. Okay, so the peace is better than peace of a man. And then you can't put a dollar 
on being able to come home and get a good night's sleep. Mm-mm. They're going out here dropping dead because of the stress that their relationships are putting on them. And it's like, it's not fucking worth it. It's not. It really isn't. It's not. And to get to circle back to the topic, that's just too. I'm sorry, but if I've moved on and I've done better, why are you coming back? Why do you even feel the obligation that I want to hear from you? To see if see if it's real. To see if to see if that's if if, if there's a loophole in the matrix where I can dougie my way into that boy boy and and stake my claim because and I, and I say this to any woman right now who's listening, if you're going through any type of breakup or you you know he he ain't calling you back or if you are any way halfway decent to a man, you ain't even gotta be the Aisha Courier shit. If you are just halfway, if you just made him a bologna sandwich once and cut the crust off. And if that shit don't work out, that motherfucker will come back in one way, shape, or form or another. He gonna call, he gonna text, he gonna send a a messenger pigeon, he gonna have one of his friends and then one of your friends ask about you. He will come back. They will come back. So don't ever worry about losing a man. They always come back. They They always always come back. back. As as, as sure as the sun rises in the east, the sky is blue, my skin is black, these men will come fucking back to your satisfaction or not. I had to tell a good friend of mine that statement because she didn't, she wasn't hip to that T. And I'm like, and, and when she finally put her foot down with somebody and broke it off, that motherfucker came chugging his way back. I want to say about a month later, she hit me up and she was like, girl, you were right. They come back. And then she did it again with somebody. I said, that's why you should never be pressed about no man in your life if they are not upholding their part of the deal and y'all's agreement. Because guess what? If you have to part and they get their shit together and they come back, great. But they came back. If you have to depart and they still don't get their shit together, they still gonna try to come back. Great. Because now you realize they not for you and you gonna move around. They always come back. Facts. But don't get, don't let that text Get you flustered or get you angry. Just ignore that shit. Don't even oh, engage. Fucked up either. Um, Cause back in the day, you know, the older kid would, would get a text like that and would love to play games. I was uh, game Game Boy one on one when it came, in, and I was playing myself the whole time. But I thought at the time that it was just all kicks and giggles and like <laughs> because I knew they always came back. It was like <laughs> you know, it was. Like, a- an ego boost for myself, but child, <laughs> see how that shit turns out. <laughs> no, because when you lay when you lay down with dogs, you get fucking fleas and worms. So don't be fucking playing with them. No, it's not worth it. But yeah, these men, these men will do that. Uh, women will do it too. But all I can say is that as a woman, if you are finding yourself where the game is more interesting and more appealing than the actual grown-up commitment of a relationship then you should probably evaluate not only yourself but what is it what it is that you exactly want from people my ex and i we wanted the same thing but when it came down to it i realized that it was a compatibility issue and that it wasn't going to work out it wasn't like a oh he did me bogus and dirty and then it wasn't any of that it was a lot of like Okay, some of your character flaws I don't really gel with. And also, how you view relationships, I'm starting to notice we're a little bit different and it's not really gelling. 
You know what I mean? Versus you just out here doing the most and I caught you up in some bullshit. It really wasn't like that. I haven't had no... And that's a level of maturity because a lot of people, if it's not one of those big things where he cheated on you, he hit you, a lot of women don't walk away. But it's like, just because someone is a good person doesn't mean they're good for you. That's it. That's you don't it. have to, you don't have to entertain someone just because they're good. Like no, there are a lot of good people out there. It's just I would say you yourself you're worth the time. You're an investment. So you're worth you're worth the weeding out process. Why not go for somebody that just turns your fucking crank? Instead <laughs> of settling for someone who's just like, "Yeah, they cool." It, it, it's like it's like dating someone who's like rice. Like, yeah, you like rice at times. At times, it goes with the meal. You know, you will eat some rice, but no one's waking up in the morning going, I want some rice for dinner. Well, maybe Nigerians, but not... not. That's Jollof. I'm not talking about Jollof rice. I'm talking about white rice. Regular old plain white rice, yeah. Minute rice. No one's itching for that plain-ass white rice. No one is. So don't settle Don't settle for rice because it's rice and everyone likes rice and rice is okay. Fuck that. No, 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 no. Nah. Yep, settling is... I could have settled. Any, and I could have easily... I could have easily settled. I'm talking easily settled. Hell, we were talking about like putting like marriage questions out there and, and all this like so it was that kind of vibe. But you know, at the end of the day, when someone does not turn your key all the way over the ignition, I'm not about to just put put around. I, I need the motherfucking fire behind that horsepower. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so- <laughs> any other automotive uh analogies you have uh in the chambers, let me know. I will definitely let you know, but nah, that, that's that's what I need. But see, I know who I am, and I know what I need, and I'm not out here confused. And so, you know, if I had to give some type of advice, if you're dealing with an ex that's on that old coming up, popping up, and all this other kind of bullshit, nine times out of ten, they really didn't know you. You may really not have known who you were dating. And then also, it's an ego boost, so let them do that shit. <laughs> Let them do. It. I'm like, you know what? You an ex come around, and then because like I've been married for so long, but even before then, you walked away for a reason. Yeah. You know, for, for for a woman to make the decision that this ain't working out, unless it was a hasty decision, which that happens. But you know, if that, if you decided that it was over, you know the dog process you put into it. If you like, I gave you chance to chance. I've dealt with this. I'm done with it. Then be done with it. And if you're going to go back and you're going to have sex with this person, please, 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 protection or birth control or something. Because I can't tell you how how many times I have seen people where they break up all of a sudden, you know what I mean? They come back around. Next thing you know, person's pregnant. Now they stuck with this person for the rest of their life. And And the relationship still don't work out. Protect yourself. Dude, man, people out here literally not wearing condoms. Like, it's the plantation or something. Like, you you are going to easily get hepatitis or worse. Men will trap you. Don't think that they won't because they do do. Hell yeah. Uh, there are a lot of men out there who their, their main <laughs> goal in life is to be a trash baby daddy. They are that That's our some guys' just main aspirations. It's to get a girl pregnant and do the Homer Simpson and disappear in the bushes. <laughs> so, like, let, let's let's all evaluate what we want out of life, and more importantly, evaluate what you want out of a, out of a partner before you lay down and have sex. 
If you know that, you know, his name is Rufus and you don't want no parts of him, make him wear a condom. It's that simple. Ooh, you shouldn't have been laying with nobody named Rufus, but you know what I'm saying? To each they own. <laughs> hey, shit. I, I, don't, I don't know if Rufus got what I need, but you know, I, I, could <laughs> I could definitely be wrong. Um, but, 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 but you have to reevaluate. Re- you have to be more discriminating. Like not everyone, and this is what, what what comes into being selfish for yourself. Not everyone's worth your time and worth your energy. And that's a big thing. So when that ex pops up, are they even worth your energy? Yeah. Are they worth your time? Are they even worth your presence? How about this? Is the dick that bomb where it's worth the headache that comes after it? Hey, it ain't never worth it. It ain't never worth the aftermath because you left this person for a reason. So you decided to, to play it today. Because I've had that point where I've had an ex ask me to, to go out to dinner and, this, and I'm like, for what? Because all you're going to do is try to fuck anyway because you think it's going to be an easy win. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to fuck you. So what's up? And some people that you can play with, some people that you can't play with, should you be playing? No. But if you are, you have to be smart and play chess and not checkers. Um, and just handle yourself as a grown-up and take responsibility of whatever it is that you choose to do. It's going to have a cause and effect regardless. So for me, I, I with this ex, with this, with this particular ex, I even told him that I wanted to work it out just to see if I was tripping. And that person really didn't understand what I meant by that. And I guess they wanted me to do all the work to make everything work out. And, and I just, that's where I draw the line, like, because I didn't do anything wrong to you in the first place. You know what I mean? So I'd be damned if I'm about to just go all the way around the corner, up the block, into the street to make things happen. Like, no, 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 no. We got to do this both ways. And if you expect me to do that, this is why you calling me now talking about some, dang, you on a date? <laughs> yeah, because what you expect? You didn't put no effort into even trying to make this work out. And then see you out and just, oh, I saw you. Yeah, I shut you up. saw me and made a huge assumption on top of that. So you took the cow away out. Instead of just asking me, you assumed it. And see, I don't like I don't like that. I don't like that. Mm-mm. If you're going to be bold enough, see me out and then hit me up, you should be bold enough to be like, hey, yo, was you on a date? Tell me something. Oh, yeah, I didn't know we were dating other people. <laughs> well, we are because we're not together, but who you saw me with was not a date. <laughs> like, damn. Once again, that male ego, he assumed because you were out with the man. He assumed because you weren't talking to him that you had to be with another man. Yep. Looking like, looking like a complete jackass to the point where I'm sitting there with my co-worker, no less. And I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, hey, my ex, I think, just hit me up to him. Are you on, or you, you, it looked like you're on a date. And I was going to say hi. He was like, this is not a date. I said, I know it's not a date. He was like, man, he was like, see, that's men like that. Let them look like a jackass. And I said, you know what? I think you're right. So when I did talk to him, I didn't break his assumption. <laughs> I said, you made sure. assumption, but I didn't deny or confirm it. So he kept it going. So he assumed that I was on a date. So let it be that. Because that, once again, that's the only way a man can lose yeah. you. It's to a man. He can't lose you to your own growth and development. No, that'd be too much like, right. He 
No, he can lose you to someone else, which is all in all fuckery within itself. Heaven forbid you outgrow someone, which is the biggest, that's, and maybe it's a sore spot for me because that's always been the reason I have stopped dating guys. Like I've never left someone for someone else or anything. No, like I'm like, uh, I'm, I've outgrown you. I'm over this fuck shit. And it's always been, well, you seeing someone else or what? I'm like, I just don't like you anymore. Yeah. We're just on two different paths. It just didn't work out. That's literally what it is. And I've had so much pushback throughout the years. And granted, my active dating years was in my early mid twenties, but a lot of it, a lot of the pushback was specifically because I was just done and they just couldn't understand why. And I'm having to fight and argue with you, trying to tell you, well, I don't want to see you no more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's a real thing. I, you know what? I think in your thirties. I mean, I can't. I know you can't really speak to this because you already spoken for it. But when you have show it, when you have done the work as a single woman, the last thing you really have time for or really want to deal with is to be involved with a man uh, that has not done any of the work because it, mm. it will start to show. And that is the quickest way for that relationship to end. And that's that's been the that's been my case for the last two serious relationships that I've been with or or have been a part of, is that I did some work on myself. They necessarily did not. And it just it just was like oil and, and fucking water. It did not come together at all. Um and so I guess with the whole dating thing, putting your emotions out of it and when you date. You got to see if somebody actually did the work. You know what I mean? Now, it ain't got to be 100% out here on some old uh, I am me and me of the world. You know, all of that. But they have to <laughs> recognize themselves. You know what I mean? To to understand how they ebb and flow in this life. At that basic level alone is enough. That's true because a lot there are a lot of fucking grown-ass adolescents running around here. I ain't got well, they still they still move they still move in the way they did the last 15, 20 years. And then and they stuck, stuck like Chuck. And I ain't got the time. I don't got it. I don't got it. Life is about progression and that stagnant energy I want no parts of. You know what I want to do? I kind of want to do uh uh especially just specifically speaking of someone who's single and with dating, there seems to be a lot of red flags. Uh, regarding men in the early stages of dating when you know, you know what, I don't need to be dating this guy. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of women, unfortunately, don't know until it's too late. Mm -hmm. And I think I want to have another episode where we unpack that. We should. We should. You should get get, um, different perspectives because, you know, every, every, every woman thinks the same and handles it differently, but it'd be interesting. But I think there's always a core set of, of, of criteria that that kind of just transcends all women oh yeah it's it's some basic level shit that is universal exactly exactly but at the end of the day when that ex comes a chugging along and hits you and you ain't talked to him in 30 years mm-hmm. it's on you whether you want to reply or not obviously but my piece of advice is don't don't because all all, all they're bringing you is bad tithing and maybe some wayward penis. Ain't nobody got time for either. Read some literature. You sure on the subject? You sure? Fuck it. Ain't that what the good Andre 3000 said? 
Is there anything else you'd like to add before we uh, wrap this up? Listen, eat your vegetables, drink your water, <laughs> enjoy a good cocktail, try activated charcoal, peace and light. Okay. Thank you for sticking around. Really appreciate um, once again, another episode of Cocktails and Culture. Obviously, as, as I say at the end of every podcast, if you have any questions, concerns, email me at Cocktails and Culture or DM me on Instagram at Cocktails and Culture underscore. I'm on Facebook as well at Cocktails and Culture. We will have another episode, episode 10 next week. That's 10 weeks of me doing this. Proud. Much appreciation. Yeah, much appreciation and thanks for all the support. Still going to continue to have cocktails coming. I've been a little bit slow this week. I've been under the weather, but next week I am going to go ahead and keep getting these things out there. Um, so once again, thanks a lot. Have fun with the culture and enjoy the cocktails. Yeah.